Well, tonight, on this first night of the week of prayer, we bid you welcome. Despite the snow, the cold weather, you have made it, and others might be detained a little bit coming in, but we're glad to see you who have come. We're going to sing as we begin tonight, 318. We'll just keep our seats for this hymn. We're going to sing a couple of hymns, and that'll maybe warm our hearts. Beneath the cross of Jesus, I fain would take my stand, the shadow of a mighty rock, within a weary land.
58, our opening hymn, Jesus the name, high over all in hell or earth or sky, angels and men before it fall and devils fear and fly. Father, we thank you for the weekend that we've just had as we have emphasized our missionary cause. And we thank you now for this week that is before us as we come together as a congregation to pray. And as we approach the throne of grace just now, we do so through the merit of the blood of Christ, rejoicing that we are fully accepted in him. We can say with the hymn writer, Jesus, thy blood and righteousness, my beauty are my glorious dress. I am covered over in the robe of righteousness my Father gave to me. I am fully covered in the precious blood of Jesus that was shed for me. And when he looks at me, he sees not what I used to be, but he sees Jesus. And therefore, we are accepted. We pray your blessing upon this week and tonight, Lord, as we have our first night of prayer together. Come and abide with us. Sit among our people tonight. Warm our hearts with your presence. When the two walked that day on the road to, to Emmaus, and their hearts were sad and heavy, Jesus himself drew near, and he went with them. And he opened to them the scriptures, and he, he talked about himself. And Lord, their testimony was that their heart burned within them as the Lord Jesus talked with them by the way. <coughs> we pray that that would be our experience 
that Jesus himself will draw near and that he will go with us this night, every night, and that we will have that spiritual sensation within, that heartburn as the Lord speaks to us and communes with us. Draw us nearer to thee, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Very warm word of welcome, despite the coldness outside. Um, when we saw the snow coming down and the roads and the pathways covered in snow, we said, well, that might just affect the numbers tonight. Well, it probably has, but we are so glad to see you. There's two things I think will keep people away from prayer meetings. One is coldness outside, and one is coldness inside. You know, cold-heartedness. People with a cold heart don't want to pray. Sometimes when it's cold outside, you don't want to pray either. But you're here, and we're glad to see you. And we're actually broadcasting the first part. It might only be half an hour each night, but we're going to broadcast the first part for those that cannot get out, but they do want to be with us. And so therefore, if you're uh, part of the service and you have managed to tune in to the meeting tonight, welcome also. Welcome to our two brethren. Uh, it's good to have them. This is their final evening with us. And we'll give them a moment to say something uh, just in a minute or two. Now this week of prayer is every night this week at 8 o'clock. And as we've mentioned, a new prayer list will be formulated. Every year, and we've done this for many, many years, we uh, put a sheet at the door, or a few sheets as the case is, so that you can put the names of those that you're burdened for. Not just any name or just someone that you casually think about, but someone that you're really burdened for in your heart. And you want the church to pray. And you know the score, we do this from Monday through to Thursday, and we seek to get it typed up and then out to you on Friday night before you go home. And then every day of the week, you've got a number of people to pray for. <coughs> Tuesday is the school's ministry with the William Pingerton Memorial at 9 o'clock and Castle Row Primary School at 10 o'clock. So remember us as we go there. And then our two brethren, uh, Pastors Emmanuel and Bebby, they return to Romania tomorrow. Remember them as they travel. Kirsty, she returned today and got safely home or safely back to Crown College, as it is. And Noreen, she begins her journey this e tomorrow evening. <coughs> so remember Noreen, she's got a long journey to take as she goes back to Uganda. Now, I'm going to give the opportunity, if you have a final greeting, both of you or one of you, whatever you want to do, just to say uh, something to the church before you go home. Orunde merg, anumite biserici din țară, din România, am un salut. Și salutul meu este din Coloseni, capitolul 1, versetul 12. So wherever I visit churches throughout Romania or any other places, as here, I have a verse I would bring as a greeting, and that is Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Uh, e mare har că Dumnezeu mi-a dat oportunitatea și dreptul acesta să mă simt bine în mijlocul copiilor lui Dumnezeu. 
It is a great grace that God has given to me to have a wonderful time with his children here. E un limbaj al mulțumirii că Dumnezeu mi-a dat dreptul acesta să vin și aici în misiunea la dumneavoastră. So I would like to thank God for allowing me to be here visiting with you. Unde am învățat câteva lucruri chiar dacă n-am putut vorbi. Although I wasn't able to communicate very much, I did learn many things. Am văzut modul dumneavoastră și modul disponibil cu care ne-ați primit să trăim în mijlocul dumneavoastră. I have seen your availability and your very warm welcome to uh, have us in, in your midst. Cu care am mai dialogat, n-a fost neapărat să ne înțelegem prin cuvinte, dar ne-am înțeles prin semne. So there were, there were a few conversations, not through words though, but sign language. Da, că engleza mea așa cum este. So my English is limited. Este pentru prima oară când vin în o astfel de misiune sau It was my first time to be in a trip like this on a missionary weekend. Vreau să spun că m-am simțit bine în mijlocul dumneavoastră. But I would like you all to know that I had a wonderful time with you. M-am simțit bine la cei ce ne-au invitat la masă. Had a wonderful time with the families that invited us over. A fost foarte bună mâncarea. Food is very good in Northern Ireland. Da. Și a fost o experiență nouă. Plec acasă, mulțumitor lui Dumnezeu. I will live back home giving thanks unto God. Că v-am cunoscut. For knowing you better now. Și ceea ce vă rog este să vă rugați pentru noi. And I would like to ask you to continue praying for us. Și să rămânem sau să rămân în amintirea dumneavoastră o perioadă de timp în care să văd că Dumnezeu mă protejează și acolo și mă binecuvântează și în țară la noi că v-am cunoscut. And I look forward to seeing um, God's blessing in, in the next period, just through getting to know you and um, uh, by Him answering your prayers from here. Uh, înțeles prea multe de la predicatori, dar am înțeles uh, uh, modul lor de raportare, cum s-a raportat la a predica cuvântul Dumnezeu. I wasn't able to get much of the uh, preaching of the, of the sermons that were brought the messages but i did understand very well the way the preachers related to the word of god <coughs> may god bless you all amen so I, i i would like to say a big thank you uh, for myself as well and to you all as a church and especially to mr park and his wife we had a wonderful time thank you for having us it was indeed a a new experience for myself as well to be on a, a missionary weekend and um, really enjoyed the fellowship uh, with the church all the singing uh, the preaching the messages it was all very uh, encouraging and also the one-on-one -on -one conversations that we we all had visits uh, with with different families it was and it is encouraging to see the real passion that you have for the gospel and I, I realized once more if it was needed that your passion is not only for abroad missions and it makes sense you have the passion to share the gospel here through all possible means so this morning I was really impressed to see the uh, Hebron Tots here. That was very, very nice to, uh, to see. And uh, school ministry, children ministry, 
uh, youth ministry as well. So many, many new things to learn for me as well. Many new things that uh, I am looking forward to uh, try to apply at home. Of course, uh, to our congregation, smaller than, uh, than the church here, but um, looking forward to experience God's blessing as we all try to um, continue his ministry. You know, Acts 1-1 talks about what Jesus has started and he entrusted us as his church. So um, also looking forward to what God has in plan with us as partners in his ministry in 2024. I would like to leave a verse with you as well, and that is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verse 16, uh, verses 16 and 17. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and good work. May you know God's richest blessing in 2024 in your personal life, in your families, and in your church as you continue to do his ministry to expand his kingdom. And to God alone be all the glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, brethren. Out of all the pastors and people that we've got to know over many years, uh, these men we've got to know just in the past, well, less than two years. It was February, almost two years ago, that we first went out. But there was an immediate bond and, uh, from our hearts, one to another, and the love that we had for the things of God and the souls of men, uh, that was evident from the start. So we've enjoyed fellowship. We've enjoyed having you in our home, having you in our church, the original idea was to bring you here that you might just be encouraged a little bit, and we hope that that has been a success and that God has blessed you visiting here at Hebron. And uh, we thank you for the input that you've had, the reports and the message last Thursday night and so forth. So God bless you both. <clears throat> Moving on to Saturday, it's the open air at 11. It's the Youth Council Training Day, and then the services as usual on the Sabbath day. Just before we read a short passage and pass on a few words to you, let's sing 63. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing. It's worth. It sounds like music in mine ear, the sweetest name on earth. And we'll sing just two verses. <coughs> Let's dance.
may be seated. I'm going to read from verse 17 to 25 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17 through to verse 25. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Now this week is very important to us, as I think that you know. It's setting the scene. We're starting together a new year of serving the Lord in this house. And so therefore we believe we should come together and pray and lay the matters at the feet of our God. We believe in the power of prayer. And we believe in the promises regarding prayer, the promises of God that he has given to us. And there are many, not least the one that is behind us in Jeremiah 33 and 3, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And the many other promises, Old Testament and new. We believe in a God who was able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. When we come to a prayer week like this, we're coming to ask the Lord. We're coming to beseech him. And even those things that we don't get asking for audibly or inwardly, there's other things as we sit in contemplation that we think about, but we don't actually express them in prayer. And yet the promise that God has given, he's able to do above it all, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. I would never want to give up this week. It's the foundation. And you need a good foundation. And if you don't have that good foundation, then the building is going to collapse. So the foundation for our church is prayer. And I have a question to ask. What do you want to see in God's work this year? What are your aspirations for the Hebron church? What's your vision? What is your burden? I had to think about this, and as I thought about it, it was last week at the Minister's Week of Prayer, there were actually five things that came to my mind that I would like to see this year. And that's what I want to speak on each night, just five different things. And there they are. I want to see the proclamation of the Savior. 
the regeneration of sinners, the rejuvenation of saints, the manifestation of the Spirit, and the destruction of Satan. And so tonight we're going to think about the proclamation of the Savior, just for a few minutes. We had an apostle, and we read it here tonight from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 23, says, We preach Christ crucified. And that's what we need to proclaim. And when he wrote to the Corinthian church the second letter, about a year later, he's still in the same thought. And he says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 5, We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And that was so with the great apostle from the beginning, from the very moment of his conversion in Acts chapter 9. He sought to preach Christ. Indeed, as soon as he was converted, we are told, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. And that was something like 24 years before he wrote to the Corinthian church. So from the day when he was converted right through to the time that he writes and beyond, He's preaching Christ. You study the life of the great preacher, theologian, missionary, soul winner, and you'll discover that he made it his business to present Christ to a lost and a perishing world. And this is the primary task of the church, not to preach ourselves. That's not what we're about. Either locally as the Hebron church or collectively as the denomination or even personally as a minister. We do not preach ourselves. We seek to present Christ and uplift him before a poor, dying world. No other message will save sinners from sin and from hell. No other person can grant the sinner life and peace, forgiveness and mercy. It's Christ alone. I was once told by a Muslim when I was visiting in his home that Jesus Christ and Muhammad were coming again to lead the world in peace. I had to spend a little bit of time just to get him to the place where it was Jesus alone. It wasn't Jesus and Muhammad. It's not Jesus plus anybody else. Jesus is coming, and he's coming to give this world peace one day. And we certainly need peace in the world. We need peace in Ukraine. We need peace in Israel. We need peace in the other places where there is turmoil. And we see it on the news every day. But Jesus alone is the Prince of Peace. You and I in this church must make it our business to proclaim Christ to the multitudes round about. We need that unflinching attitude of the great Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2. When he said, I was determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now let me challenge you just for a moment about the conversations that you have with other people. What are the chief subjects that you talk about? What are the dominating topics of conversation? When you're with your family... When you're with your friends, when you're with your work colleagues, your neighbors, and even a stranger, what are those things that really you talk about? Do you know anything about the sentiment that is expressed by the great apostle here? I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. The world is dying in sin. Sliding down 
down to the sides of the pit of a lost eternity, rushing headlong to eternal destruction. And we have the answer, the only answer, the effectual answer, and that is Christ. We must not hide this light under a bushel, as the Bible talks about, but put it on a candlestick or on the side of a hill where the light can be seen. We must not withhold the message of salvation from blind, doomed sinners. No, we must proclaim him to others far and wide, wherever we go. Do not let our hands be dripping with their blood on the great judgment day. We call this blood guiltiness. You remember the psalmist prayed in Psalm 51, I think it is, Deliver me, O God, from blood guiltiness. Jesus is the first and the last the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Preach him to the multitudes. Lift him high for others to see. And when that is done, souls will be saved. For Jesus said, if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And he was principally speaking about the day when he would be lifted upon the cross, when he would die for us. And that is the drawing power. That is the mighty power of God to bring sinners to Christ. Never forget that. This is the real power. We must never forget that, that preaching Christ is the chief duty of the church. Now, I'm not against trying new methods of getting people into the church. Stepping stones, if you like. And we've tried things. Family nights, carol services, Hebron tots was mentioned. Many other activities that we've used just to introduce people to the church. But the indispensable method of bringing others to salvation is preaching Christ. The gospel, which is the good news about Christ, is the power of God. And that's what the apostle said when he wrote to the Roman church in Romans 1 verse 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And so what I'm asking you to do tonight is to pray that God will, will make us faithful. Will help us to be focused on the real work of the gospel this year. That he will help us to be courageous in its proclamation. And very powerful and influential with other people. Proclaim Christ to a lost and a dying world. Make it your business to lift him high. And a work will be done. So that's my first burden of heart. And I trust it's yours tonight. The proclamation of the Savior. We preach Christ and him crucified. We don't preach ourselves. But Christ Jesus the Lord. Amen. There is a hymn about Calvary. We'll, we'll take time just to sing uh, at least some of it. Far dearer than all that the world can impart was the message that came to my heart how that Jesus alone for my sin did atone. And Calvary covers it all. And that's what we need to proclaim. The cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs>
you're listening in tonight, we, we say good evening to you. We trust that this little part has been a blessing, what we've sung, what we've shared. And uh, we get now to our time of prayer as a church to seek the Lord together. So good night to you.